Hey everyone, welcome to Changemakers, a podcast about becoming an irresistible community. I'm Kelly Lippenholtz and my ministry partner, Susan Aldridge and I are exploring how you can change the culture in whatever community you are a part of to a culture of love. If you're a small group leader, a ministry team leader, a church leader in any way, this podcast is for you and it will make your group, team, church, even your family, a more loving community. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode four, Beneath the Surface. This week, we're looking at that third mark of an irresistible community. But first, hi, Susan. Hello, everyone. Since we're talking about irresistible community and what that would look like, we have to ask the question, what are you finding irresistible right now? Well, today I am finding the pumpkin smoothie it's a protein smoothie oh that thing is so good pure raw goodness gracious yes oh can we go get one after this yes it is <laughs> so the good. time of year that you all may know where everything <laughs> from um coffee coffee to cereal to muffins and cookies cakes and to all the things in the grocery store and your local candles Yep, your local flavors are updating to the fall spice, <laughs> pumpkin spice. It made Webster's Dictionary as an actual word. What? Pumpkin, pumpkin spice. spice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why it wasn't mm. before. But okay. anyways, that's what I'm finding irresistible. I love fall. I know you talked about the weather last episode. Mm. And that flavor, God reaches us through our senses. And I feel like pumpkin mm. spice might be the language he's speaking <laughs> right now. So what about you? I am finding irresistible right now my dogs. They're always irresistible to me. But as the weather gets cold, they get a little more cuddly and want to, like, get under the covers. I love it. Did you say your dogs? Because I noticed on a trip recently that every time I noticed people, you noticed the dog they had yes. and said, did you see that white dog with the da-da-da? And I'm like, what? No, I didn't. I was yeah. looking at the human. But yeah, well, that's that's all dogs. The huh? difference between us. It's all dogs. I find all dogs irresistible. I must pet them. And you find people irresistible, but you do not pet them. Okay, let's jump in. <laughs> yes, let's jump in. I thought it might be fun for just a moment to give you all, the listeners, a glimpse into what we as ministry church ladies, church mm-hmm. workers, <laughs> um, have witnessed over the years that led us to know that we needed to do this podcast yeah. and we needed to evaluate our time and our culture. And so in our combined of 14 years of experience in ministry, here's what we've heard. We've heard that people are feeling stuck or not growing, that their faith wasn't working anymore. Mm -hmm. We've heard people felt uncentered or unanchored or unbalanced. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What what is this all about? (laughs) Um, I felt that. (laughs) This is a big one. We're tired. Stop asking us to do all these things. There's so much need in the world. There's so much to do for God. (laughs) So that's a couple things. And then the last couple things, we're too busy. We are running the rat Mm. race. Uh, We just don't have time because we're too busy. And there's no time to pray. So we're not intentional about prayer. Who's time to be silent every morning? 
Yeah, well, I can't even go it's to my ridiculous. small group anymore. I'm a, in small group <laughs> ministry. I'm missing one of my small groups. But mm. again, there is there, we have choices. But the last thing um, that really hit me, and we want to define this a little bit mm-hmm. today in this episode, is surface level spirituality. Now that's said mm. with no judgment. It's yeah. just. It feels surfacy. We want deeper. That's what we've heard. And so we want to define that and address it and look at it. And that's what we're going to do. And we're specifically looking at going deeper and going beneath the surface in our own selves. So just for the purpose of this podcast, we're looking at doing that. Um, in ourselves, not in scripture, but if you go deeper in yourself, then you will be able to go deeper with your small group, your team, your in scripture with yeah. God. I mean, it's simple. Be the change you wish to see. Well, and I know. And like, loving God and loving others cannot be separated. I think we might get into that a little bit today, but that struck me. You can't love God and and then not love others. Like they just can't be separated. So anyway, a reminder of the six marks of a healthy church. Here they are. Slow down spirituality, number one. Number two, integrity and leadership. Number three, beneath the surface discipleship. Number four, a healthy community. Number five, passionate marriages and singleness. And number six, every time is everyone is in full-time ministry. So, Susan, tell us a little bit about what it looks like, the beneath the surface discipleship, or just give us a little bit of an introduction to that. And then we're going to talk about um, what are those things that lie beneath and and what does it look like to go beneath the surface? I'm a firm believer that self-awareness is something that you can't do alone. So if I look at myself, I have a blind spot. There are certain elements of my behaviors, Mm. my motivations, the way my faith looks to others that I can't evaluate and be aware of. And so I think this this skill of being self-aware requires a trusted person or persons. But Mm -hmm. I really think you have to open yourself up and ask God to reveal to you the, the true character of your heart, of your soul. And that can be done with another person so that, again, we're built for community. We don't have to do it on our on our own. And so I think that's part of it is that we want to grow in self-awareness of the things that have affected us and gotten us to this point in our life today. Yeah. Not to blame the past, right. but to look in the review mm-hmm. mirror mm-hmm. and then continue forward. So this isn't an effort into like, let's go back and drudge up the past, but it is worth looking back and looking below um, sort of the surface of our behaviors and our motivations. And so what does it look like to be on the other side of me is a question yeah. we've asked. Yeah. So when 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 Susan and I first started working together, um, she said something. I don't remember what she said, but it inspired me to ask her, well, what is it like to be on the other side of me? And she told me, she said, well, you have two different energies. One is one of like high energy and you value fun and you value collaboration and you value people. And then you have this other energy that's like, don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's like, we're all unapproachable at times, right? Like I'm busy doing something. Yeah, but so I don't need to give that off as like, and I know I gave it off. So I don't, do I still do that? Not, not that I've been aware okay, of. Maybe I, that's a, that. Let's reflect on that I, because I don't think I do it anymore. I don't think you do. Yeah, but if I need if I need people to leave me alone, 
then I work from home for a couple hours or I work like in a closed office somewhere mm-hmm. so that it's clear that I'm unapproachable because I'm writing something or, you know what I mean, practicing something. But anyway, that was that was a moment for me of big self-awareness. I was like, wow, I had no idea that I did that. I just, in my mind, I'm just trying to get something done. You know what I mean? And that's how I told people I was trying to get something done by just giving off an air of nastiness, I guess. No, well, again, it's kind of like just your demeanor. We want to be approachable. I think that's a value, like a a culture of being approachable. But again, does that that mean that you can approach everyone all the time? No, we have boundaries and all the things. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, But again, um, we also, beneath the surface, discipleship is also defined as um, growing by the slow, hard work of following Jesus Mm. and imitating the teacher. So, it's um, it's not always comfortable, right. and I think God asks us to um, step outside of our comfort zone when He invites us in to grow deeper and trust Him and get beneath the surface of our human experience and the relationships that have have yeah. formed us. Um, Slow, hard work. We got to keep that in mind. It's just not easy. It's just not going to be easy to change our character to imitate the teacher. No, and the grace and forgiveness that you have to have for yourself in that process Mm -hmm. is transformational in itself because I think it grows your empathy muscle towards others when you say to yourself, I wish I wouldn't scream at my kids in the morning or I wish I wouldn't um, be the first to have doubt, self-doubt when someone judges something I do. Mm -hmm. It's like you're, you're... kind of running on an autopilot in general every day in certain reactions. So mm-hmm. just to have awareness is humbling, but then it invites empathy and compassion for others and where they are too. So Yeah, great. So we've we've kind of talked about some of those behaviors that are kind of unwanted. Um, they're unwanted, you know, in ourselves and unwanted in this community just because um, they can wreak havoc on it. So what are some of these things that lie beneath the surface and why are they there? Well, we've talked about a lot of the ones that are there, the defensiveness, the anger, the doubt, the, some of the ones we, we just were mentioning. Um, and and so in order to break free from those unhealthy and destructive patterns, we just want to become aware of them and where we're getting them or why we're getting them. So where where do these many of these unhealthy and destructive patterns and behaviors come from in our life, Susan? Well, my understanding is that there's <clears throat> there's value in looking at your family history. Mm-hmm. So not just one generation, your parents, two to three generations, and just look at it, know it, um, understand it a little more. One of the problems that some of us suffer from is like family secrets. Oh, yeah. And we're only as sick as our secrets. So if I'm trying to become aware of how I was formed by the behavior of my parents or how their parents interacted with them, I might just want to look at that yeah. and know where there might be patterns of, again, big wounds that mm-hmm. have created a ripple effect of unhealthy emotional coping and and like patterns. What? when you say big wounds like i remember hearing you say wounds for the first time and being like i don't know i don't know what that means what is yeah. that a wound it's a it's it's bleeding what is that what is happening i don't know give me a band-aid okay what is an emotional wound emotional wounds um I, I would just say the easiest way to describe it is a trauma that is experienced inside So you can't see it like a flesh wound, but this is a trauma. This is something that fractures my identity 
It fractures my self-worth. It fractures my ability to feel lovable. So again, it can be very different. So um, verbal abuse or being bullied would be something. Yeah, that would just... but something as simple yeah. as unforgiveness, uh, yeah. pattern of divorce. Mm-hmm. Divorce is, you know, very common in today's yep. age. And there are behaviors that happen and and wounds that happen through that mm-hmm. experience. Um and again, I've been through uh, an experience of, you know, losing a sibling or a parent early. Some of those big things like your parents lost a child early. Mm. So these are big life experiences. Yeah. And those mm-hmm. wounds don't necessarily directly impact you and what you know of the world. But they have affected the people that have most influenced your way of relating to others. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, again, a blame game or trying to chase you know, the problem down a rabbit hole. It's just awareness um, of those things, Uh, mental illness, uh, addictive behavior, alcoholism, Mm -hmm. workaholism. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a story in scripture, the story of Joseph, even emotional wounds like not being accepted or being revered and then being hated for something that not wasn't necessarily something that you did, Um, just being hated for where you were in the birth order. Right. He was the favored son, right? And so his brothers, yeah, threw him in the pit. Yeah. So those, yeah, those are some of the things and we can dig in more if you want to get some of the materials that Peter Scazzaro offers um, to dig in deeper. If that's where you are in your journey, those are available online. And yeah, he's got some great material for going deeper. If you go to uh, www.emotionallyhealthy.org. Um, he's got a couple of books. He's got some workbooks. You can work through this stuff. Um, again, we're going to be taking some next steps at the end of this podcast to see where um, we might all grow together in some of this stuff. But um, yeah, we, we're only as, as good as, um, you know, our families sometimes that we, we repeat what happens in one generation often repeats itself in the next generation. And so I would just encourage you to ask yourself, what are you repeating that your family did? Um, For me, when our family, when there was conflict in our family, it just got really quiet. Nobody talked. There was a lot of silent Mm -hmm. treatment. Um, Yeah, just don't address it. Like the elephant in the room. It didn't happen. Right. That's healthy. (laughs) Right. Just didn't happen. Sweep it under the rug, right? That's what we call that. Everyone iron your clothes and go to church. (laughs) We're fine around here. No one died. Don't let your iceberg show. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't really know how that formed me, but I, I'm diving into that a little bit. I, I do know that when I got married, my husband would not allow me to do that. If something was wrong, he would follow me around the house and be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you why are you acting like that? What are you mad about? And I and eventually I just had I would just have to tell him and then it was done. Like and so I learned from him that it could be easy to just to just process it with yeah, him and share to just, it so sharing yeah, it with communicate another communicate about okay. it but you know my parents were doing the best they could at the time i think that's a good mantra to have by the way yeah we're all just, just doing the best we can i say that to my kids all the time when they yell about a teacher or a friend like they're just doing the best they can okay so um we want to uncover some of this we want to identify our triggers so i i have i have lots of triggers do you have any triggers that you want to share I do. Do you not want to share them? No, I will. Um, So some people 
in a friendship or in a relationship, listen to what someone says and trust their words and other people watch their actions. Mm. And so I am a very trusting person and I always found myself listening to what you said. If you say it, you're going to do it. Like I trust your words. Mm -hmm. And then when the actions didn't match up, I would get so angry Mm. because I just couldn't compute. Like in my brain, your word is gold. Yeah. And so I had to reprogram a little bit of my, like I had to grow up a little emotionally and say, okay, sometimes people don't do what they say, say. but that doesn't mean I need to process it in an, in a, like an angry way or just not, Mm -hmm. um, process it at all. Just kind of like be a doormat and take that, um, and not set a boundary about things like that. What about you? Any triggers? Um, one of my biggest triggers is when people tell me what to do. Like, like you should you go you have do to do this, this right now Ooh. and i i just and these and it's people like I, I mean i don't know who has the right to say that to me i don't think anyone like maybe like my parents when i was younger but i don't think anybody has the right to say that like well you have to do this right now and you should maybe your boss at work does but i just it's a trigger for me and I, i'm not sure really sure why it makes me so mad and i just want to do the opposite of whatever they're telling me to do i i think i've learned that i just prefer to be coached and collaborate with this person on what should be done like that is so much healthier to me but anyway that's that's a trigger for me that i'm trying to uncover yeah and as you uncover it like the beautiful thing about this whole vision we have for our community for ourselves to become Mm -hmm. more loving more like christ is that when you are a christian you put on a new life you are a new Mm. self and you get to get on this path towards becoming a more beautiful kelly and i get to be a more beautiful susan and so do all of you that are listening Mm. and it's just That's the beauty of this whole process is that you know it so that you can put it in the light, surrender it, and then it can be be transformed. Yeah. Yes. All right. So what does this beneath the surface discipleship look like for us? How do we get there? There's six kind of marks of the beneath the surface discipleship. Yeah. We got to know ourselves. We have to know ourselves. So what is what is it like to be on the other side of the table from me? You can you can ask someone that you trust that question to just start to get to know yourself. Yeah, we also um, we all have imperfections. We all no one is perfect, and I think the lie of perfectionism is one of the things we put on. It's like a mask we wear sometimes, yeah. pretending perfectionism, whatever you want to call it. But I think just accepting that we are all human and we're going to make mistakes and creating a culture of forgiving ourselves and others. Yeah. Um, The next mark of looking beneath the surface would be just identifying those family of origin patterns that we opened up the podcast with. So just kind of, um, you know, just sitting down and thinking about your family and the way you were raised and your siblings and your aunts and uncles and just any patterns that you saw that maybe that you're repeating. I once heard, um, somebody talk at one of our married couples nights here at nativity and he was talking about this long before i understood really what it meant he was talking about these patterns and families um, negative patterns and he said you have to draw the line like when you become the parent you draw the line and you stop doing x whatever it is that you don't want to be doing and i just he like drew a picture of a line going through the generations and it was just very powerful and it's easier said than done obviously, because those are patterns that we've been that have been with us for many years. But um, that's number three, identify your family of origin patterns. And the fourth uh, 
I guess, component to this is to have healthy conflict. Um, it is a fact. And in, that's a craft. Even nice Christians have conflict. <laughs> I yes. mean, that's not reality. So we got to be realistic with mm-hmm. our expectations of that, that we're going to have differences. And um, we see that in today in so many different ways um, in the world. So if we can't do conflict better than the world, why would anyone want to be attracted to yeah. Jesus and we're to knowing more about him? Yep. Yeah. Great. So, and Peter Scazzaro gives us some tools and practices for having healthy conflict, some conversation starters. It's great stuff. Um, The fifth component to looking beneath the surface is responding rather than reacting. So that is, those words are so similar, react and respond, but they're so very different. Very different. And Aretha Franklin spelled out respect. And so that's how I always remember, which one do I want to be doing, responding or reacting? And it's R-E-S. Okay, people, respond to situations versus reacting. Um, Be anchored. Pause. And that is what, yes pausing. I watch Susan do this sometimes. I don't do it very well at all, but that when somebody comes up to you and says something that triggers you, okay, I can react by getting mad. Well, I'm not going to do that just because you're telling me to do it. I'm not doing that right now because that's my trigger is you somebody telling me what to do in a tone I don't love. Instead, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to pause. I'm going to remember my silent time with Jesus in the morning. And then respond, well, thank you so much. I'm going to consider that and I'll get back to you on whether or not I'm going to take that step. Anyway, so it's a response, a thoughtful response. response. And then last but not least, this is a big one. Clarifying expectations. Please stop reading minds. When I read (laughs) someone's mind, I have to say, oh, I forgot. I don't read minds. I cannot say why you did something. I just can't, nor can you. So we have to just clarify expectations. And yeah, and we just did a whole series on clarifying expectations. You can go back to our first fall series and take a look at how to um, clarify the expectations in your own mind, communicate them to someone else, and then confirm that you agree on those expectations. Well, that's a wrap for today on Beneath the Surface Discipleship. There's a lot to talk about here and a lot to work on here. Um, But for now, just be thinking about who you are and how your past affects you right now. This podcast is going to help us get to know ourselves so that we can create an irresistible community. Thanks for joining us today for Changemakers. And we will see you next time where we delve into the fourth It is. We're in the fourth one, the fourth mark of a healthy, irresistible community. See you then.